When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. As winter sets in and things start to quieten down in the garden, it can be a lovely time to get creative and turn your hand to making beautiful decorations for your home. You might be surprised to discover that there's all sorts of things you can forage from the garden and use to make everything from Christmas wreaths to table decorations, gifts, and even what you wrap your presents up in. Hi, my name's Adam, and I must admit I do love this time of year. I dabble a bit in making my own wreaths, but I'm not an expert by any means. Fortunately, I'm joined today by Rich Heathcote, a garden designer and I think it's fair to say a proper expert when it comes to making wreaths and all sorts of other decorations. He's made the beautiful wreath that you can see on the front cover of our December issue and he's going to share all his secrets on how he made that wreath and plenty of other decorations too. Best of all, most of the materials you will need can be found right in your own garden or your friends and family's gardens and they'll cost you next to nothing. So let's get stuck in. Hello, Rich, and uh, thanks for coming into the studio today. Now, you've got with you what I can only describe as Christmas in a bag. (laughs) And I know we're about to get uh, crafty and uh, make some lovely Christmas wreaths and decorations. Uh, But before we did that, I just wanted to ask you what it is that you like so much about uh, making Christmas wreaths and other decorations from the garden. So, I mean, first and foremost, I absolutely love Christmas. And for me, the build up to Christmas is part of the, you know, the best bit, really. I love the actual day, but the more that I can do in the build-up to make the house feel really festive, the better, really. And what I love about bringing things from the garden is that I work out in the garden all year, um, but by December, it's starting to get a bit miserable outside, and it's nice to feel cosy inside, but still bring some of the garden in. I started when I worked in an office. I was looking for creative outlets, basically. And once I started making things like my own wreaths, I just got hooked and just found that found more and more places in the house that I could add foliage and add more Christmas feel to it. You got hooked and you just couldn't stop. Exactly. I think it's fair to say you're something of an expert, aren't you, when it comes to <laughs> making wreaths and, and all things sort of fresh and foraged from the garden. And of course, you've made some beautiful wreaths and some beautiful decorations that are going to be in the in the magazine in the December issue. I also think it'd be really interesting to, to know how you come up with the ideas for all these amazing decorations. So it starts with the garden, really. Um, I tend to, as I'm either working in the garden or just go for a walk around the garden, I will see something and think, that's looking really good at the moment. What can I do with that? How can I bring that indoors? 
or it might be inside the somewhere that's not looking very Christmassy or it's looking a bit boring. So I'll think, what can I bring into that area? So for example, in the in our hallway, we've got a big old milk churn that's normally empty. At Christmas, it's nice to bring things into that. So that's where I can use big branches. So I'm looking for things that have height and a bit of structure. Sometimes it comes from objects that I I buy or find. So last year, we found an old wooden ladder online. It was always £7, gorgeous old ladder. My husband chopped it down for me and sanded it all, hung it above the island. And that then became the basis of what can we do for Christmas for this. So for that, I cut some eucalyptus, tied it all together into a long eucalyptus snake, basically, and fed it through the rungs of the ladder, suspended above the island in the kitchen, and it just looked really festive. I did a big velvet bow. So it just happened quite, I suppose, quite organically in terms of looking for opportunities and just keeping an open mind of where you can bring the outside sure. in, really. Yeah, so you, um, you're finding those areas of the house that are just crying out for a little bit of festive cheer. Exactly. And, th- and then is it a case of, sort of going out into the garden and, and seeing what you've, what you've got, what, what, what can inspire you in terms of foliage and what you can bring indoors? Yeah, exactly. So it's things like in, on a grey December day, what is kind of still shining in the garden. So waxy evergreens are brilliant to use for all kinds of projects in the house, but also berries that are catching your eye and things that catch your eye in the garden, particularly at that time of year, they're going to look great indoors generally. Great. And we've delved into the bag and already brought out some of the lovely bits and pieces you've brought in today. Can you talk me through a little bit like of what we've got on the table here and what we might do with some of these uh, some of these beautiful items? Yeah. So in terms of foliage, it's, as I say, generally evergreens. So evergreens tend to work really well um, and importantly, don't necessarily need to be in water. So obviously we avoid using any floral foam at home nowadays. So evergreens are really good because they can be out of water for several weeks. So we've got some yew, which is one of my favourite things to use in the house. It adds real texture and it can be used for all sorts of different projects. We've got some viburnum, some evergreen viburnum, and we've got actually some leylandii, which doesn't sound very exciting, (laughs) but it's something that people have in a lot of volume quite often. And actually, it's a really good base and a foil for a lot of different projects. And it's usually something that you have in abundance. And sometimes you can find quite nice varieties. So the one we've got here is actually, it's got quite a silvery tone to it. Yeah, I can see um, that. Which, it just almost looks slightly frosted. Mm. So it just creates that Christmas feel straight away. It's got the scent. Smells like Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's got the, the tiny little pine cones on it that all add to that texture. But even if you've just got the very basic plain dark green Leylandii, it is actually quite useful as a filler. And then, of course, we've got our holly. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without some holly. And especially with the berries on there, just, again, it, it's, it screams Christmas and you don't need to do much with it for it to look like a Christmas ornament with, with holly, which is really useful. No, of course, and everything you've brought and we've talked about so far, these are all just really sort of really basic things that many people would have in the garden or or could probably get from a friend or family's garden, couldn't they? So we're going to use these as a base of a wreath, and I think we're going to have a little go at making a wreath today, aren't we? Yeah. And then we might see what we've got left over and see if we can turn that into some more projects as well. So what do people need to make a wreath at home themselves? What are the sort of essential pieces of kit outside of the foliage that we've discussed and the other bits and pieces? What what, what should people gather up before they start? So the first thing you need to think about is what base you're going to use. Now, I've made a lot of wreaths over my time and trialled all different kinds of bases. And for me, the best base to use is 
or wire frame. So you can buy them. They're only about £2 to buy. And it's basically something that a lot of florists use. And it's just a thin wire frame, firm frame, that you can reuse year after year, which is really, really useful. The reason I like it is because it's really lightweight and it's really robust, so it holds everything in place really, really well. Other alternatives, you can buy straw wreath rings to decorate. But when I've tried those, I've found that it can get a bit messy. Some of the straw comes out. And because it's quite a bright colour, you have to hide, obviously, all of the base quite carefully. You can also make your own base, which is really satisfying. So you can use anything that's quite whippy. So things like willow, cornus or hazel. Birch is really good, particularly with birch if you can get something with catkins on it. looks really, really nice, mm. all that woven in. There's a few different ways you can do it. Um, the way that I do it is with a big board. I draw a circle that's just slightly smaller than the size I want the wreath to be and then get the longest screws that we've got and screw them in at points around that circle that I've drawn and then weave the freshly cut whippy twigs and thin branches through the screws Okay. and then leave that in place. If I'm not in a rush for it, leave it in place for a week so that the, the wood starts to just dry out slightly. Right, you don't absolutely course. have to. But then you can just unscrew the screws through the woven wreath base. And that, work, that works quite well. Yeah, and that, so that's that... quite a good way of getting it fairly circular. You never get yep. it perfectly circular. But I think sometimes it's quite nice. And that's what's nice with a lot of these things doing it yourself, is that if it's not perfect, it looks a bit more homemade. It's more authentic. And I think that's, that's, there's a real charm in that. And the nice thing, if you make a wreath like that with a really nice base to it, particularly if you use something like willow that's got a gorgeous colour, it's quite nice to just foliage half of the wreath because it's quite nice to show off that base that you've made. You can just foliage the bottom half or, you know, you can do it at any kind of angle that you like. All you need to do is at the end of the foliage, if you've got cut ends that you can see, just tie a ribbon over it to hide the ends. Other than that, you can treat it the rest. That You can just treat it the same as making a full wreath. Okay, brilliant. I'd imagine that what you can do is just put your whole wreath on the compost heap after if if you go for that option as well. Would that be right? You'd be better off chopping down the twiggy bits. The twigs and branches would take a long, long time to break down themselves. Yeah. It wouldn't do any harm, but it, it would take a few years to break down. But you could very, very roughly chop it. But in, in essence, as long as you kind of roughly took it apart, all the elements can go on the compost heap, yeah, which is a really nice thing to do, actually, to not have any waste at the end of it. Yeah ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply well we're going with the metal rings today, aren't we? So yes. I've got mine in front of me here, and, and we've talked about that's a few different base options. What do we need to do now with this base? What are we going to put on top? We've got some moss in front of us here, so I think I, think I know <laughs> what the next step is. Yeah, so the first thing to do is to wrap string around the base. Right. So whether you're going to use moss or not, you just need to, because the wire frames are just two hoops of metal with a few strands holding them, but... Um, there's too many gaps th- between it at the moment. So what we need to do is wrap some string around, create triangles. It's quite tricky to describe over a podcast. Yeah. But, and then that gives us a better base for us to attach things, be it moss or whether you go straight to foliage. Okay, well, I'm going to start attaching my string here and I'm going to follow your lead, Rich, and, and then we'll start building up the base. So 
we're going to wind around this string here and then at that point once we've got a base of the string we're going to add some moss is that yes. the next bit i know sometimes it can be a bit controversial whether or not you use moss but i where i live is quite rural there's plenty and plenty of lawns with moss including my own <laughs> plenty yeah. of moss in my lawn so it's very plentiful around us and i think if you can get some moss be it in your own garden or asking other people if they've you know if you can't access moss yourself actually quite a lot of people will be very happy for you to go and rake a bit of moss out of their lawn <laughs> yeah you're kind of doing them a favor, doing them really. a favor yeah so if you can get hold of some you can buy it but if you do i would really urge people to just check where it's come from there's some really good places now that will they offer sustainable uk grown moss mm. so it's just from woodlands so it's, it is very sustainable but just double check because it's not the kind of thing that's really worth shipping in from abroad obviously you know it, I, I don't think it's it's worthwhile doing that but you can find sustainable options out there if you can't get hold of your own i will also when we get onto it i will also say how you can create it without the moss but the reason i use moss traditionally it was used to add moisture but actually, they, they do fare okay. The foliage that I use fares okay without moisture. It's the shape that moss yeah. gives it. it. It gives it a more 3D finish. Yeah, I'm looking at the base we've got here, and I imagine if I started to add anything to it, it would just fall through the, the gaps. Yeah, and, and, and even if you add it in bunches, it can just be a bit flatter. So we've tied our string off. Now, should I cut this string or am so I doing the wrong thing? So you're doing the wrong thing. It, don't get ahead of yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you leave your string tied on, you just tie it um, right. together. Then we've gone all the way around the ring with the string. And then what we're going to do is get a clump of moss. And I just kind of loosen the moss slightly. Fluff it, it up a yeah, little. Yeah, fluff it up. Good, good technical term there. <laughs> because it, it doesn't need to be really t too tightly packed together. Um, and so it goes a bit further that way. And then all I do is I basically roll it into a bit of a, I think it was a fat sausage. Mm. That's basically about the size of my two hands rolling it into a sausage. And then all you do is you sit it on top of your strung wire frame. Okay. And then as your string's still attached, it's nice and quick. And this is why I um, shouldn't, shouldn't cut, cut my, my string. <laughs> and then... You just wrap the string around to secure the moss. Okay. Now, we're using string, but I have seen people make these a lot before with wire, with floristry wire. Yes. What's the advantage to using string, or, or are both fine? Um, either are fine. I tend to use string for this part because I've always got loads of garden string, so it saves buying wire, and it also means that it's something else that can go on the compost heap after yeah. the, the end of the, the Christmas period. Okay. So we've got our moss base. Yes. And what are we going to do next, Rich? So next what we're going to do, when you've got moss on the base, you can just add your foliage pretty much as it is. So if you're not using moss, this is the point where you would tie foliage into little bunches. If they're going to be added straight onto the, the wireframe, then they hold together better if you've got three or four little pieces of foliage tied together. But with moss, you don't need to do that. So it takes out another element of the work really. So all we're going to do is I think about the foliage and where it's going to go on the wreath in three sections. And again, this is for when you've mossed the wreath. You've got the top part and then you've got the outside edge and then the inside edge. So the top part of the moss of the wreath, so the bit that's facing you face on, that's where you put the biggest foliage. 
the outside edge, you want long, thin foliage. And then the inside edge, you want small foliage. Right. So it can all be the same stuff. So, so for example, I'll start with Leylandii because it's nice and to have it at the base because we'll put slightly more interesting things on the top. But what I shall do, I'm cutting some a big piece to go on the top, a long, thin bit to go on the outer edge, and then quite a small bit to go in the middle. Right, I'm going to pick up my secateurs. I'm going to join you. What we're not doing here is making sort of little bundles as we go. We're adding it directly onto the moss. Yes. And we're going with a sort of a, a would you call this a base of, of foliage? Yeah. So basically, if you imagine you're trying to hide the moss, basically what we'll do is we will layer it up. So again, using the string, we're wrapping around. So you're going around the wreath for the third time now with the string. So you've got one layer, three pieces of foliage, all the same foliage. So the first one we're putting on is the Leylandii. And then what we'll do is... With two wraps of the string, that's nice and secure. And then do exactly the same thing with the next type of foliage. Right, so we're just building up the layers as we go. And what's quite nice, I think, is if you can contrast the foliage. So the first one we put on, the Leylandii, is quite big, it's quite broad-leaved. So actually it's quite nice then adding in something like you that's very fine-leaved and is a bit smaller because it gives you the contrast. And the colours are quite contrasting as well with the silvery colour of our Leylandii compared to the nice, rich green of the yew. Yeah, sure. So you're looking to give the wreath a bit of dimension, both exactly. with the type of foliage and, and the colours, the shades of green, yeah. And actually, sometimes, you know, you, you put these together and then once you've finished the, the base, because you've got that contrast and the, the different types of foliage, just the base on its own is actually really, really nice. You don't yeah. always necessarily need to decorate it afterwards. Well, you mentioned we're going to be adding some fancier bits and pieces afterwards. Yes. And, and we've covered off the sort of basics that we've that you've gathered here from your garden. What are the fancier bits? If you've planned ahead and you've picked things dried from the garden earlier in the year, then that's brilliant. So I start in the summer, I'm picking nigella seed heads, poppy seed heads, anything like that that dries really well. And I hang those in bunches in the loft, so somewhere dark and cool. But if you've not done that, then have a look in the garden because you'd be surprised how many things might still be standing. So hydrangeas is a really good example. Mm. Quite often the hydrangea flower, if you've not had too wet a early winter, the hydrangea flowers dry on the plant. So they're a good one to bring in. Um, they dry really, really well. But things that are fresh that you can put in are things like berries. So holly berries being really good. Paracantha works really well. Just obviously be careful because it's super, super sharp with yeah. the thorns. And also my favourite is rose hips. So Rosa rugosus, the wild rose, the hips are just beautiful and they last for a long time. Um, so we've got some in here. And speaking of lasting a long time, how long can we expect a wreath like this that we're, we're making to look fresh if we hang it on the door? And is there anything people can do to keep it looking fresher for longer i find they tend to last easily kind of six weeks um they do last a really long time when you it depends on the foliage that you use but that's the advantage of using evergreens because they do last and they do keep really well what you can do is if there's a certain type of foliage that you find goes over just snip it out with some secateurs and just poke in some new foliage to cover it up. So if it, if it goes over before Christmas Day and you want to keep it going, okay, then that's something that you can do to keep it all looking fresh. If you've mossed the base, then you could just spritz it with a little bit of water from the back. It's best to spritz it from the back if you've got dried elements on the front. If you spritz dried elements, 
then they can sometimes go mouldy. Yeah, okay. Um, if you've got just foliage, or just base foliage you've put on, then you can spray it to the actual foliage itself. But to be honest, I very rarely do that. I, I find that these bases just don't need it. I don't damp the moss before we build the reef. And our cool British climate, it seems to be just right for it, sheltered on a door outside. And this is where reeds, I think, are easier than kind of garlands inside because they do dry out quicker. So there's different things you need to do with, with those. But with wreaths, I put mine on my, my door at the end of November and it's absolutely fine when I take it down by the second week of January. And I suppose if you wanted to have a wreath that you could keep for a bit longer or bring out again next year, am I right in saying if you made it a completely dried wreath, that would be something you could hold on to? Yes. And actually, you can save a mossed wreath base for next year. So obviously the foliage won't keep, but if you take the foliage off, leave the moss on the ring base and then it's fine next year oh, if you interesting. leave it somewhere so I, again I leave it in my loft dark and cool I then would spritz it slightly because the moss will be completely dry by next year but that's absolutely fine to use again so that's a, a really good tip with the moss base actually that's uh, really economical actually speaking about economical we're making a wreath here with mainly things that you've brought in from your garden and you mentioned this metal ring costs about £2.50 you could of course make one yourself as you described earlier which costs even less is that one of the big advantages of making a wreath yourself? You can sort anyone can give it a go, can't they, and not spend a fortune? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think particularly at the moment, more than ever, anything that you can do really, really cheaply or for free is brilliant. For me, my favourite part of it is that it's just so satisfying. I, I think you can't beat something that you've made yourself, basically. And picking things from your garden means that your wreath is going to be completely unique. And it's nice because things aren't standardised then. So some of your, if you do dry poppy heads, for example, some of them might be a bit wonky, but that's quite nice because then it adds character and it's of your garden. And it's surprising how many people then kind of comment on it and ask you, oh, how do you do it? And then get into it. And it can become quite a sociable thing. And there's quite a few of my friends now that they make their own because we've had those conversations and it almost becomes a bit of an annual tradition of making wreaths together. And so it's a really nice, feel-good Christmas activity, I think, to do. But also it's super, super sustainable. You know, the, the only thing that I, I buy is, as I say, the, the wire frame, which we reuse over and over and over, and then some wire stubs for any fancy bits to secure them in. But again, those can be reused. Everything else is from the garden or something we've already got like garden string, which is that in itself being sustainable feels really satisfying, I think. Yeah, and I mean, as you've said, we can save the base, we can save the moss on the base. Most of what we've got in front of us here, apart from the fresh foliage, can just come back out again next year, can't yeah. it? So it's a small investment up front and then potentially years of pleasure of making your own wreaths. Definitely. So we're at the stage now where we are adding those little dried elements here just to add a bit more to our wreaths. How should we attach those best? So with the dried elements, if your doorway is quite well protected where the wreath is going to go, so it doesn't catch too much wind. So for example, if it's in a porch, you can actually poke a lot of the dried elements just into the wreath and it will hold. I tend not to trust that because I don't want them blowing all over the drive. So to make sure what I tend to do is I buy floristry stubs, which is basically a, a thin piece of wire that's about 30 to 35 centimetres long. Again, 50 of them, which is several wreaths worth, costs about £3.50. So it's really, really cheap. And if you don't trim off the ends when you've secured things with them, you can actually, they're dead easy to undo and take them off so you can use them again next year. So again, zero waste. And then what I do is I leave a little stem on anything that we're going to use and wrap the wire around it, poke the wire through your foliage 
and then just twist the wire a couple of times at the back and then fold the wire flat against the back of the wreath. The key thing really is just trying to think about it through the year. I say things from, as I say, from kind of summer onwards, um, but things like seed heads. So poppy seed heads are really, really good. They look, they look great and they dry really easily. And nigella seed heads have amazing colour to them, but also some flowers as well. And these are ones that you might find still clinging on um, in a mild November, things like amaranthus. So they add real colour and they dry really nicely with their colour on them. But also sometimes I use things, if I've been given a bouquet of flowers, things like that might, I can dry. So gypsophila is really good for drying and adding that in. And limonium I find really useful for these kind of things. But it's about trying different things. My favourite one to dry, to add in, is cardoon flowers. And that's what we've got the big one of there, but also we've got the tiny versions of them. So it's quite nice having a big statement um, cardoon flower head dried on there but then the little ones add add texture add a bit more um, further interest yeah they're stunning these aren't they a little bit outrageous for a wreath but they I'm going to try and bung one onto mine <laughs> anyway um, I don't know if this is a silly question but do you have to dry things out before you put them on the wreath or could you add something to the wreath as it's drying and let it and let it dry out. Yeah, no, let it, let it dry on there. So it, it, you're basically just replicating what would be happening in your garden anyway if you left it on. Because again, go back to hydrangea heads, for example. If you leave them on at this point, no moist water is going through the plant to the flower head at the moment anyway. So it's just going to carry on drying naturally on your wreath as it would do on the plant itself. Well, everything you've mentioned so far, Rich, makes me feel like you could really add pretty much whatever you want to the wreath and and make it work and personalise it to you. Are there any do's and don'ts when it comes to wreath making? Is there anything people should avoid doing? I think it's really good to experiment. That's how I learnt. So, you know, everything that I do is just stuff that I tried and just gave it a go. So I think it's really good to do that. If you're not sure about something, what I do is I just pick a bunch of something. So if it's foliage and I think, is this going to last? Cut a bunch of it, tie it up and hang it in a garage or a shed for a week and see what happens to it. Or just hang it on a door outside anywhere basically hanging that's cool and then you can see if it's going to last or not that's a good way of testing it generally anything that would wilt in a vase within a week won't work on a wreath but there's no harm in trying different things because you might be surprised of the effect of how it looks on there but generally if you stick to waxy leaves evergreens you're not going to go far wrong yeah i mean and as you mentioned if it goes wrong if something's not looking great you can just whip it out can't exactly. you exactly and carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we've got our wreaths now to a nice point here. Yours is looking a little bit further along than mine, but I think we can probably take these home and finish them off. How would I hang this on my door now? What would be the best way to to get it hung up and looking pretty? So what I use is one of the floristry wire stubs that I mentioned. So just a length of wire, literally twist a knot through it and attach it to the top of your wreath. So I tend to finish the wreath first before I work out where the top and bottom are going to go so that I can see what looks the best. And then based on that, obviously attach your hook at the back and then just a, a screw in the door. But if you can't put a screw in your door, then you can get those overhook things for doors as well. Yeah, and I presume you could add a, a ribbon or something yep, else like absolutely. that if, if you fancy. And the other thing that you can add is lights so you can get kind of the lights, the battery pack lights that have kind of a fine copper wire that they, the wire disappears into the wreath and it looks really, really nice, especially with the dark evenings coming in. Oh, that's lovely. Um, yeah. it, it works really well and they're, again, ever so cheap, reusable. Let's put our wreaths to one side, but we've got a lot of uh, bits and pieces still left on the table here. And in the magazine, you've created some beautiful wreaths for us, but you've also created some 
really beautiful decorations for the house and also some little ideas of uh, things you can give as gifts to people. So talk me through what else we can make with what we've got left over here. Once you're confident with making a wreath, you can make a garland. The principles are very, very similar. The only thing to bear in mind is that garlands being indoors will dry out quicker. So again, it's really useful to use moss if you can, and that will need a bit more spritzing every now and then, perhaps once a week, just a little bit of water on there. The principles are the same with making a garland in terms of create some kind of a base for it to attach to. So I tend to cover the mantelpiece. If I'm to go on a mantelpiece, for example, cover the mantelpiece in a couple of old um, plastic bags or something just to protect the mantelpiece. And then I attach, I just put a couple of nails in each end of the mantelpiece and then tie strings between them. So that I've got two strings going across the mantelpiece to attach things to. Right, so that's giving you a bit of a base or a structure, yes, is it? exactly. Right. And then from there, it's basically the same as a wreath. So I make sausages of moss and then add in the foliage, bundling it round with string. The great thing that you can do with garlands, particularly on a mantelpiece, is you can add in fresh flowers, and this is what we did on the, the photo shoot for the magazine, using houseplants. So we got some cyclamen that add real colour and they, they make a real feature within the garland. But then afterwards, you've got a houseplant that you can use. So that's a really nice addition to a garland that you can't do, obviously, with a wreath. And of course, they'll they'll last a long time as well, won't they? The, exactly. you know, they're, they're potted and good to go. Yes. But the great thing about garlands as well is that they're really flexible where you can use them. So you can do exactly the same principle, but you can use it as a centrepiece down the table. Um, I weave one up the stairs through the banisters. It's really a, a real feature, but that actually is a lot easier to put together than people expect, I think. Yeah, and they make a big statement. They look really fabulous at this time of year on the stairs. Yeah, well, and in our snug, in some years, we've actually, because it's a small room, we've actually just had a really nice garland on the fireplace instead of the Christmas tree in there because it makes that much of a statement, it still makes it feel really festive. Yeah. And would you add lights to a garland as well? Yes, lights or candles, as long as obviously they're tall enough so that they're away from the foliage. Yes, you can add either. Yes, don't want any Christmas disasters. No, we don't. (laughs) So that's making a garland, which is quite similar to making a wreath and uses a lot of the same foliage. We've got more left over, though, on the table in front of us here. What other ideas have you got for us, Rich, that that we could use? Yeah, so the beauty of having the XX foliage is that you've already got a collection of things that work well together because you've picked them to sit well on a wreath. So they'll also sit well elsewhere. So if you've got a small amount left, it's quite nice just having a little posy in a jam jar. So even if it's just a sprig of holly with a couple of berries on it, a little bit of you, and then you can tie a bit of ribbon around the jar. It looks very sweet on the table. You can even just tie bunches of foliage and hang them upside down. So if you've got a narrow space on a wall, they look really nice as little bunches of foliage. It can look really nice when you incorporate it into existing decorations as well. So, for example, if you've got a candle, it's quite nice tying a little ring of rosemary around it. I do that quite a lot on the dinner table because obviously the scent and the rosemary linked to food is really nice. So it's yeah, literally a long sprig of rosemary and just tie the end to the tip um, in a circle on the base. Very simple but very effective. You can also add things to the Christmas tree. So I've had a Christmas tree that was predominantly decorated with hydrangea heads. One year we had an amazing year of hydrangeas and ended up with hundreds of hydrangea heads. It was quirky, but it worked really well. Makes a change from Christmas baubles. Exactly. And once you start thinking like this, it's an amazing way you can use up this foliage. So the the base of a stem of a wine glass can take a little bit of foliage. Napkin rings on, on place names. A lot of things on a table works really, really well. And I'm intrigued by this wrapping paper that you've brought in, Rich. 
What are you going to do with that? So basically, I when I wrap presents, I tend to just use plain brown paper because it can go on compost heap afterwards. And then to make it look more festive and uh, more fun, I incorporate some foliage into it. Okay, so I'm going to grab a sheet of paper here and uh, follow your lead. And we're going to have a, a go at wrapping um, a book here, yeah? Yeah, so it, it's, it's the easiest thing to do are kind of square items with it. So I'm just cutting a piece that's big enough to wrap around the book. Okay. And are we going to wrap this just once or do you need a little bit of excess paper? So you just need a little bit of excess because what we're going to do is put a fold into it. Okay, I've got mine cut to size. Okay, and basically what you do is you just need to create a pocket by folding along the paper before you start wrapping. Okay. So we've folded a sharp line into the paper and then you folded it back on itself. Yes. So we're back to having flat paper, but it's got a pocket that will be on the front of the book once it's wrapped that we can then tuck some foliage in. Right, it's almost like a concertina. Exactly, yeah. So then we just wrap the book as we would normally. And does it matter where that pocket sits? Just somewhere on on the front? So yeah, you just want to make sure... The pocket will wrap right the way around anyway, but you basically want to make sure the pocket is on the front. I see, very clever. And then you're just continuing to wrap it like you would so normally. Wrapping it lovely and neatly, nice sharp corners. And then you see we've left with our pocket at I the front. See. And then you can just take any foliage that you've got left over. So here I'll take my favourite U. And again, I tend to use anything that we use for the wreath works for this because it's something that is evergreen that will stay nice and vibrant. And literally just tuck it in the pocket. That's really effective, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Simple, but, but really effective. Free to do if you're cutting it from your garden. Sustainable. And then obviously the whole lot can go on the compost tape. And we tend to tie our presents with garden string rather than your sellotape because then literally the entire lot goes on the compost tape. Hopefully not the gift that you've given. Hopefully not the gift. Because it'll be cherished for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea for last minute present um, buyers as well because, uh, you know, you can wrap a gift, make it look beautiful. And I presume you wouldn't want to do this weeks in advance either, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've made some uh, beautiful wreaths. We've made some uh, lovely decorations and some gift ideas uh, today. Thank you so much for coming in, Rich. And happy Christmas again to you. Happy Christmas. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app.